down. Um, some of that will be a minor review because we covered a lot of that last week. But we need to see the importance. If you don't get anything else out of this class or this particular class that we're studying, it's important for us to see the, the value of worship. Taking the time to stop yourself and worship and be appreciative of what you have. What did we just get through saying? We are blessed as a people because of what we have and what we have to rely upon. And these Jewish festivals show us examples of how the nation of Israel, the Israelites, were blessed because of how they had favor with God. They had favor with him because he was able to rescue them from the land, uh, a land of slavery. What a parallel that is for blacks in the United States today and the ancestry. Being able to come from a place of slavery to be able to do what? Ultimately flourish in our own way. And that's not an accident. That's not something that is, that's only something God can provide. And God is the one who provides for all of us. So there's a lot of parallels when we look at this type of a lesson. And don't get me wrong, slavery has been everywhere all throughout the history of the world in different cultures. It's not just black America. It's not just blacks here in the United States. Slavery has always been around. But we have to understand, in fact, there's examples. If you look in the book of in the book of First Kings, if you look in oh Judges, excuse me, if you look in the book of Judges, you'll see that there were many times that the Israelites were in captivity and they were slaves and had to be rescued by none other than God, God's presence, because they would turn away from the Lord. They wound up getting captured, put in captivity, wound up being slaves. It's when they turned back their hearts to the Lord is when they were rescued. And God provided those different judges or people to do that very thing. So this is not any phenomenon that is just unique to us. This is something that's always been around. But we have to go back to who is the one who rescued those people? It was God who did it. He's the one that is worthy of being worshipped and praised because we recognize who he is. And that's what these festivals are all about. It's about being appreciative. How is it when you give somebody a present, let's not say a Christmas present, let's just say a general, you give them something or do something for them. Let's say someone needs some money. You give them a couple of hundred dollars. You don't expect to be paid back. You would like to think that the other person would be appreciative of what you've done. Correct? Say thank you. Something like that. But we understand that that's not always going to be the response. You don't do it expecting to get a thank you sometimes. Because sometimes that person's in such another planet, okay, another stratosphere, where even though you're giving them something to help them, they may not be appreciative of it. Well, that's going to leave you with sometimes a kind of a funny taste in your mouth. But you do it because you know that God is telling you that that's what you should be doing. Well... We've got to look at these festivals in the same way. This is about being appreciative for what God has done for you, for us, for the Israelites. 
you know, did God have to rescue his people from slavery in Egypt? No, he didn't have to do it. It was something that he chose to do because he heard the cries of his people. Notice how it's always when he hears the cries of the people saying they're being oppressed and they're looking for deliverance, they're looking for the Lord to rescue them, and that's when God responds. Because it works the other way, too. If you're not being obedient, if you're not doing what you should be doing, guess what? You're going to have a hard time. And God will send people. If you're reading in 2 Kings right now, you would have seen all the different kings. They were not following the Lord. They were following the Lord. They were not following the Lord. There was evil in the Lord's sight. Notice how I said it was evil in the Lord's sight. The Lord sees good and evil of his people. He will see the leadership. They'll either be good or evil, and there will be a consequence from that. He, wa- he responds to you when you call upon him. He wants you to see that that's how consistent he is when it comes to dealing with his people. And guess what? It's exactly the same for us. When you call upon the Lord, he is going to respond to you. If you choose to ignore him, if you choose to live in your own sin, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to let you go your own way. And there are going to be consequences that surround that decision making. Is there anything different from what we see today versus what we've been reading in Scripture? The Old Testament is the same thing. You're talking about a God, we say a God who is consistent. He is consistent in his approach to his people. There's nothing different here. The festivals do what? Remind us about God's goodness. Because we are so dumb, we need reminders. And I say that with respect because I'm a dummy. I need to be reminded of God's goodness all all the time. I'm no one special. I have to have reminders like this all the time. We need to be reminded of God's goodness. And guess what? One of the great things that reminds us of God's goodness is looking at life itself, looking at his word. What does his word say? His word is consistent. It is always going to be what it is. So we need these reminders. Okay. So that was the opening interlude. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Getting back to the Feast of Booths. Took place on Tishri 15, five days after the Day of Atonement, which is now mid-October. Notice that we have to look at this from a calendar perspective, too. There's an interesting type type about mid-October here. Remember, this is right after the harvest, the harvest season. You know, after October, there ain't nothing growing. You either get the stuff out of the fields or that's it. It's going to be lost. It's going to be too cold. There won't be anything you can do with it. So the festival is described in Leviticus 23, verses 33 through 43, and Deuteronomy 16, verses 13 through 15. We read that last week. We won't read it again. We don't need to. But the most elaborate presentation of the details this week is found in Numbers 29, verses 12 through 40, which I think we did read. We did read that, and we went through all of that. We won't read it again. If you want to look at that on your own, you can. Um, For seven days, the Israelites presented offerings to the Lord, Now, look at this very carefully, because this is something that we have to see that was God had said, this is what you need to do. And so the Israelites were being obedient in doing so. For seven days, the Israelites presented offerings to the Lord. All seven days, 
They didn't take a day off. During which time they lived in huts made from palm fronds and leafy tree branches. And we talked about the tents and had fun at Charles's expense about looking at tents on Amazon. But that's exactly what, what they were doing. And you see what they were made from. Palm fronds and leafy tree branches. Now see, we have tents we can use today. They didn't use tents. This is whatever they could put together that would stay together to hold together. That's where they would live in. The stated purpose for living in the booths was to recall the sojourn of the Israelites prior to their taking of the land of Canaan. The offering of the first day was 13 bulls, two rams, and 14 male lambs as burnt offerings, with one goat as a sin offering. Each day thereafter, the number of bulls offered was decreased by one. The eighth day was exceptional. One bull, one ram, seven lambs, and one goat were offered. Notice that there was an offering each day um, for sin offering. So every day they had that goat for a sin offering. And that's in Numbers 29, verses 12 through 38. These were all in addition to the grain offerings and free will offerings from Numbers 29, 39. The week was to be a time of joy as a final celebration and thanksgiving for that year's harvest. Go to Deuteronomy, please. Deuteronomy chapter 16. I'm going to read verses 13 through 15. Um, That was also at the top of the handout, but I'm just going to do it as a refresher and as a reminder. Deuteronomy 16, verses 13 through 15. And just as a reminder, too, you you, you know, for those of you who have just come in about how... We are appreciative of what we have. We have heat in this building. Amen. Amen. You know, when that furnace wasn't working, there were drafts in here. It was cold in some spots. But I'm I'm mentioning this again just as a reminder um, that we are blessed because we have what we have. And you're blessed to have homes you can go to. And these are things that we have to be remindful of when it comes to being appreciative of who God is in our lives and what he does for us. So these are, these are just reminders of that. We were able to do these things, that we were able to have these things. Verse 13 in Deuteronomy 16, You are to celebrate the festival of booths for seven days when you have gathered in everything from your threshing floor and wine press. Rejoice during your festival, you, your son and daughter, your male and female slave, as well as the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow within your gates. Now that's supposed to cover everybody within your household, whether they are in your family or not, whether they're slave or free. It's everyone to rejoice. Verse 15, you are to hold a seven-day festival for the Lord your God in the place he chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands, and you will have abundant joy. Now, understand something. This is all about your attitude. If you remember, we just had this little thing about do you appreciate what you have? This is all about appreciating what you have. You're appreciating God's provision. There, all of you know someone. 
who doesn't appreciate how blessed they are or what they have. Every one of us here in this room has someone like that in their life. Amen? Yeah, some more than others. But all of us know at least one, okay? And there may be more, but, but you've got to understand this is not a small thing. This is a big deal. The people of God, the people who know and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, should never be in that category. Never. You might have a moment where you just, you know, you have a, a brain, you know, a brain lapse, and you're thinking, you know, what's all this stuff that happened to me? And then you should come back to your senses and say, you know what? I have a lot. There's a lot that I have. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have it. But we know there are people out there who don't appreciate what they have. If you're reading in verse 15 where it says, The Lord God will bless you in all your produce and all the work of your hands. You will have abundant joy. How does that verse not apply today? And the answer is it, it does apply today. It's written for the people here, the Israelites, for this festival, but it certainly applies today. You know, there's going to be stuff that happens in your life that is unfortunate or difficult. Some of it we put upon ourselves. You know, bills, issues, family stuff. It happens. But guess what? After all is said and done, you still appreciate what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have eternal life. And where else is that going to come from? Nowhere. Only from him. So we need to see this as a special time. A time of celebration and thanksgiving for the year's harvest. And guess what? We have food every day. We ain't starving. Amen? We have food every day. You know what? Listen, and, and it, it may not be what you want. Now you, now, you just made a profound statement, okay? Because, you know, if it were up to me to eat something every day, it would probably be something that would be off the chain and wouldn't be good for me all the time. If it were what I wanted every day, okay? I mean, some of us like ribs. Some of us like chicken. Now, I'm going to challenge you all chicken lovers. You can't eat chicken, fried chicken, every day for the rest of your life. Your head will blow up after a while. No, no, don't, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I know I'm messing with y'all, but that's, I'm being, I'm being interestingly provocative right now. Because there's a health factor if you eat fried chicken. There's a difference between fried chicken and baked chicken. Amen? Big difference. I'm challenging you with that. Yeah, I know, and Big Jim is looking at me like I'm crazy, and I, and I understand that. I got that. Because I know, I've heard, I've heard all the stories here before. The only thing better than fried chicken is more fried chicken. I've heard that, heard that here. That, that's an Akron Alliance. <laughs> that's a subtitle at Akron Alliance. You know, under, under Matthew 8, 19, and 20 <laughs> comes the fried chicken <laughs> statement. That's in the preface? I see. <laughs> But you understand, my, if you wanted to eat what you wanted to eat every day, you wouldn't be here. 
I'm just going to tell you. And there, pardon me? You'd be happy when you left here. Yes, I know. Your head would blow up and you'd be smiling about it. I understand. But Carol's point is excellent. Sometimes you have to appreciate stuff that you don't have, but you understand that it's God's provision. And, you know, how many of you worked at a soup kitchen or served in a soup kitchen? I've done it. Yeah. I guarantee you everybody who's in that soup kitchen who's getting a free meal is not appreciative of what they're getting. They didn't, they're eating, but they didn't choose that. Well, you know, how come you ain't got this or whatever? It is? <laughs> I can hear that now, you know. But it has to do with a provision thing. And sometimes you have to look at those examples, those extreme examples, to, to understand that you don't have to have that. But God loves you and cares about you enough to make sure that you have the provision. The whole thing about the manna from heaven thing that God did for his people who were out in the, in the wilderness. What were the... Now, you remember, you remember reading, what were the responses? What did some of the people do when they were getting manna from heaven? This was their food. They hadn't eaten. They didn't have anything else. They were in the wilderness. What was growing in the wilderness? Nothing. So either you're going to eat the bark off the trees, if there were trees, or you're going to get nothing. So here comes the manna from heaven. Now, what was happening with the, what were the responses that you can remember? Go back and read that section, too. What were the responses? Say it again. They wanted to go back. They wanted to go back. They wanted to go back into slavery. Because they thought they were doing better back in slavery. You see how stupid we are? And I say that because we are stupid. We would rather put ourselves in, an, in a situation that's uncomfortable if we think we're going to get something out of it. And some folks were tripping. How come we got this manna every day? You're eating... You're getting nourishment because it's coming directly from the Lord. And don't forget the, about the quail. Wasn't there the quail was the other example of that? They wanted meat. Gave them the meat. And that was, yeah, that's right. I'm going to give you meat. So they had so much quail for someone. They, they, were ate, they ate to excess, probably threw up all over the place. So much food. But, but see how greedy we are? It's, it's ridiculous how our responses, you're, you're looking at the human condition here. This is what you're looking at. This is the human condition. Even though we should be appreciative, we're seeing how God has to tell you sometimes and remind you, you know, you really are blessed. And this is what you need to do to celebrate it. Because we get so ridiculous sometimes. Those are great examples in Scripture of how we are human beings. We are far from perfect. And we are sometimes very unappreciative of what we have. And how God... Exodus 16? Exodus 16 is the whole story I was referring to. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. 
And yeah, if you read Exodus 16, there's a lot to read there. But there's so much of it. Go to, you know what, turn to Exodus 16 real quick, just, for, just to give you a reminder. Oh, this is the quail story. Okay. Um, let's start with verse... Let's start with verse... I'm going back to the... Verse 4. Now, if you now understand something, and I, I only mention this as a reminder, I'm not going to getting off track with being appreciative for what you have, because that's essentially what this, this whole lesson is about. But I want you to see, remember, these people saw the miracles of God bring them out of Egypt. Now, you've got you to put this in perspective. The parting of the Red Sea. I mean, all of this stuff. They saw all of this. They experienced it themselves. The pillar of fire, which was the Lord, that kept the Egyptians from coming after them. Well, I'll start with verse 1. The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt. How far along? 15th day of the second month. They're out of Egypt two months and 15 days. Not even three months. So all of these people had experienced the miracles that God had performed to get them out of captivity. And you remember what that, if you remember just, the, just looking at the Ten Commandments movie, well, we've got to make bricks out of mud, but we can't have straw. So this is, this is the type of mentality that we have here of people who were in slavery. They didn't have control of their lives. They would get a little bit of food here and there. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. 400 years. 400 years. That's right. Now, understand. That's right. Now, understand, of course, they, they weren't all alive for the 400 years. So we're talking about generations of people who were in captivity, and that's all they knew. All they knew was captivity. So, you know, 50 years, you know, you're in captivity. You get out, you're 50 years old. You were in birth. You were in captivity. But you had uh, a previous 350 years of folks who were also in captivity as well, too. And they died in captivity. So those are generations of people who have been in captivity. All right, so let's continue. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. This is verse 2. The Israelites said to them, if, we had only, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. And we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. They are so stupid. I, I, you, you, you try not to be, you try to be kind about this a little bit. But remember, two months from being rescued. And this is what you get back. Now understand something too about what's going on here. Don't think for a moment Satan is not in the midst of all of this discussion. Because he knows exactly how to get to some people. And he knows how to cause and create dissension within that midst. Don't think for a moment that this ain't happening. Remember, this is all of the Israelites. 
This is who, all that's left. That's what's remaining. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. What does it say? This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. This is what we call the threshing floor moment. Where you're going to see people be challenged to see how obedient they are. Remember what I told you last week, how it's important for you just to learn about obedience and worship. Obedience and worship. This is what the Lord challenges us with all the time. Obedience and worship. He's saying right here, let's see if they're going to follow my instructions. I'm going to give them something to eat. But let's see what happens. Verse 5, on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. Verse 6, so Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, this evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, why has he got to say this? It just happened two months ago. Pardon me? It went right over their heads, I know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's a great point. It did take a lifetime to get the... Well, that's all they knew. This is all they knew. Now, understand something. When someone gets arrested and goes to jail for 25 years, and it's time for them to be released, what do we have to do is we have to recondition this person to come back into society. Otherwise, guess what? They'll find a way to get right back in jail. This is how we think. This is how we think. This is psychological stuff. If all you know is slavery, if all you know is captivity, guess what you're conditioned for? Slavery and captivity. Until you start talking to folks about there's something greater than all of this. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you have to do. That's what you got to do with folks that come out of prison. They need the Lord just like we do. Yes, go ahead. This has turned into a deeper psychological discussion than I counted on. But go ahead. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's continue on here. Okay. So, verse 7. In the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he has heard your complaints about him. 
For who are we that you complain about us? Because basically, when they were complaining against Moses and Aaron, they were complaining against the Lord. Remember, Moses and Aaron are the representatives for the people. They're the leadership. The leadership are the ones that they are looking to, and they're complaining about them. Verse 8, Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and more than enough bread in the morning, for he's heard the complaints that you're raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there in a cloud the Lord's glory appeared. Now, again, they have the benefit of seeing God working right before their eyes. We don't always see that. We sometimes see it through other people's actions. We see it through the, the you know, weather. We see, we see different things. But they had a very evident appearance of God's presence here. That's all the more to take into account here. Okay. Verse 11, the Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, in the morning you will eat bread until you are full, and you will know that I am Yahweh your God. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. In the morning there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. Notice how it says desert surface. They're in the freaking desert. There is no food except for what God provides. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the desert. Exactly. How? That's right. That's right. Yeah. In the desert. <laughs> Well, you have to look at this. Sometimes you have to read this and understand that where is God's provision? Who is providing this? Who is giving you what you have? Okay. And you know what? They might be, they might have been in captivity, but they know what a desert is. They know what the conditions are in a desert. These people, you know, just didn't wake up out of a cave somewhere. They actually know the conditions that they're in. Okay, so when the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual. Now listen. Here's where the obedience factor comes in. And you're going to see what happens with disobedience. Okay, okay. So take two cords per individual, according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Now, this is where we are always going to be challenged as a people. God gives us what we need, when we need it, and sometimes without us asking for it. But when he gives it to us, we need to appreciate it and understand that there are conditions about it. This is how we know we, 
There's a way to handle food today, isn't there? There's a certain way that we should handle food today. We don't leave potato salad sitting out all night and then serve it to somebody the next day. Because something would happen to them if you don't put that food away. There's a certain way you handle certain types of foods. In the old days, before refrigerators, what did they do to preserve food? They used salt. Now understand something. If you didn't preserve that food, what would happen to it? You're going to read pretty much what happens to food (laughs) coming up here. So let's look at this. All right. So we got... Let me make sure I leave off here. Okay. Verse 23. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I went too far. Sorry about that. Verse 20. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some of people left part of it until morning and had bred worms and smelled. Therefore, Moses was angry with them. They weren't being obedient. Remember what we said about last week? Obedience and worship. Obedience and worship. You can't separate that. That's true for, and you shouldn't. That's true for all of us. All right, so verse 21. They gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. Well, here's the thing. You had it for a provision for a certain time. It's not going to stay there forever. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece. Now, wasn't the instruction two quarts apiece? Two quarts. And all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and set aside everything left over to be kept until morning. So they set it aside until morning as Moses commanded and it didn't smell or have any maggots in it. Now, wait a minute. What was different there? There was instruction behind it. And don't you think that God is good enough and big enough to take care of that? To say, okay, here's what you were doing to be obedient. It was set aside for morning. It was still edible food. Verse 25. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you may gather it, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath there will be none. Amazing how God is consistent in his word. No work on the Sabbath. You won't find any food out there. Yet on the seventh, this blows me away. Verse 27. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they did not find any. What did he just say? And the Sabbath thing, everybody, that's like, that's part of what they are. That's part of who they are. That's what God has given instruction with well before all this stuff. This is nothing new. Be mindful of this stuff as we look at how we live our lives. How your parents trained you and taught you what was right and living in that way. How you teach your kids and you pray that your kids get it. I was gratified to hear the other day, and we went out to, to dinner with uh, Bradley and his fiance Nicole, and they're looking at churches. Now, when we met before, that wasn't even in the discussion. But now they're getting, they're 30. You know, they're in their 30s now. See, this is when sometimes this stuff starts kicking in, and you teach your kids a certain way. And you, of course, train your child in the way they would grow. Yeah, exactly. 
Because eventually it's going to kick in for him what's important. Praise the Lord. So they're looking at churches. We'll see what happens. Amen? That's all, that's all we can do. All right, so, verse 28. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep the Lord? Said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days' worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It was resembled coriander, coriander seed, which was white and tasted like wafers made with honey. Not bad. Well, you know what? If you ain't got nothing to eat, guess what? It's the, it, is, it is the... It's the best thing you've ever eaten. <laughs> if you ain't had nothing to eat, it's one of the best things you'll ever eat in your life. I mean, that's, it's all in perspective, isn't it? Understand something. Now look, that's kind of a joke for us because we get to eat sometimes other things. But if you're out there hungry, just like Carol said, sometimes you're getting something that you may not want. But guess what? That's what's keeping you. That's what's sustaining you. Yes. Say it again, please. Krispy Kreme donut. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. You're just starting trouble now. Say it again, please. If, if it's, yes, if, if they had a choice, if they didn't have a choice, yes, they would have to eat the manna. <laughs> the fried chicken. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that God didn't use the example of fried chicken put out there in the wilderness. Because I tell you, that would have been. Numbers 11, there's a parallel about the complaint. Numbers chapter 11, is that what you're saying? I'm going to read you Numbers 11:18. You don't have to turn to it. Um, as for the Israelites, I have heard them complaining about not having meat and have about being better off in Egypt. So tell them to make themselves acceptable to me, because tomorrow they will have meat. Uh, in fact, they will have meat day after day for a whole month, not just a few days or even 10 or 20. They turned against me and wanted to return to Egypt. Now they will eat meat until they get sick of it. Moses replied, verse 21, at least 600,000 grown men are here with me. Uh, how many? 600,000 grown men. And that doesn't include women, and that doesn't include children. So we're talking about a million people. Easily. How can you say there will be enough meat to feed them and their families for a whole month? Even if we butchered all of our sheep and cattle or caught every fish in the sea, we wouldn't have enough to feed them. Verse 23, the Lord answered, I can do anything. Watch and you'll see my words come true. Okay, and that I'll stop there. You can go back and look at that in Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, that's in the middle of Numbers 11. But we need to see, that's in the whole, that's the whole chapter. It's like a parallel to what we're reading right now. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The class is almost over. What? 24. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, verses 20. Okay, did I read in verse 20? Oh, yeah. 
did I already read that though? So they in in Exodus Exodus sixteen twenty four. Oh, Numbers. Oh, I I I was reading from her from her material there, but I didn't read that. But I'm I'm going to have you guys read that on your own only because we're short of time now. I understand. <laughs> They're not going to let me go, huh? I understand. Um, hold on. Numbers 11. All right, so it says, Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He brought 70 men from the elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and spoke to him. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the 70 elders. As the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but never, they never did it again. Okay, okay. Two men had remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad. The spirit rested on them. They were among those listed, but had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. Now, understand something, too, is what what happens here is that the Lord can do anything. And we sometimes, this is another challenge for us as well, too. I'm challenging you to remember about this obedience and the worship part. But he will respond tenfold, tenfold in ways that you can't imagine. And has he not done that in your life already? Have you not seen evidence of that? You know, he has done things in our lives we don't, we can't even comprehend. Because he loves us. And he does care about us. But we need to see how important it is for us to be appreciative. If we lack appreciation, we aren't thankful. We aren't joyful. We're the complainers. Remember what we read earlier in Deuteronomy 16, 15. You'll have joy in the celebration, in these festivals. And the joy is going to come from the fact that you appreciate what you have, how you've been blessed. A lot of us are blessed all the time. We don't appreciate a doggone thing. But we complain. We want things to be even better than we imagine them to be. Understand something, it's imagining. <clears throat> it's us convincing ourselves we don't have it as good as we should. And you have to understand something. That's why I said this was like a psychological class. You can convince yourself you're miserable. You can make yourself feel like you're not where you should be in life. You can tell yourself that all the time. It's really important for you as a believer in Jesus Christ to surround yourself and fellowship with what? People like you who appreciate where they are. I love picking up Debbie and bringing her to church with us. <clears throat> Northern Summit County contingent has to stick together. But even with that, how could you not be encouraged being around Debbie? I mean, really. I mean, that's, that's what you need in your life. You need someone who's appreciative of what she has. And, you know, Debbie's not going to tell you all her business. She has not had it easy in her life. But she's appreciative of who she is and where she is. 
You need people like this around you. And get away from folks that are crazy, who want to hurt themselves, who want to talk down about stuff all the time. I'm being real here. Folks that you don't need in your life. Should you minister to them? Absolutely. But when it comes to being around them all the time, oh, no, it's, I got to go. I'll catch you later on. Now, that's kind of biblical. <laughs> you still should be available to minister to them when they're in need. You still should be the love, the light of Christ when you come in contact with them. But you know what? You've got to take care of yourself. Obedience and worship. Obedience and worship. So we got, we got about one paragraph. We'll finish this next week for sure. But I want you to see how important it is for you to be appreciative of what you've got. You guys made some great comments today that just affirmed everything I just said. Yes. Yes, Debbie. I'm sorry. Yes. Amen. A a very good lesson for this entire... Yeah, this is... What a way to look at the new year now. Where you came from and where you're going. And looking at how you're being taken care of by the Lord. Is everything, and being thankful for it. Is everything going to be rosy about it? No. But that's not the point. The point is that you're still being taken care of. You need to experience those down times to appreciate the good times. And see God's goodness. Because if you didn't see that all the time, it would all be just, everything's a big flower and rainbow. That's not life. Yeah, there's no purpose. We don't, there would be no purpose. He don't need you for that. He needs you to be a what? A light in a dark world. He needs you to be ready, just like at Christmas time. Giving greetings, being helpful, being thankful for who you are. All right, we have to stop. Okay, good lesson today. Good reading. So go back and look at some of this stuff on your own as well, too, and we'll finish this up next week. Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to come before you and just learn about the importance of being appreciative of who you are and how much you do for us, how you bless us and keep us. Help us to be more thankful and reflect that thankfulness in how we live and serve you. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you next year. (laughs) Yep, see you next year.